Tennessee, the Boy. volunteer state. Make sure you go to our website, musicbiz101wp.com. Sign up for that newsletter. You need to sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on the Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook, at musicbiz101wp. And of course, we have a podcast, which many of you are listening to right now, mm-hmm. and you found it at iTunes or SoundCloud, Music Biz, Ampersand, 101, no, Music Biz 101, <laughs> Ampersand, more. Music Biz 101 and more. I'm your professor, David Kirk Philp. Who are you? I am Stephen Marconi. Dr. Esteban. Yes. And so as you listen, you'll hear a student. You're going to hear a great, great person. But this was a summer class because of William Patterson, the university. So we want to thank Ashley Weltner, who's been our engineer for all of our radio shows over the past year. And she hooked us up with this tremendous technique of recording that we're doing right now. And we should give thanks. So we put our uh, hands together, legs together, eyes closed, heads down. Thanks to the folks at Van Dyne Bruno, Inc., and White Hat Management with artists like Charlie Puth, Dave Matthews, and Kith. There's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB. Hyphen. CPA.com when you are ready. And we should all give thanks to Christine. Vey. Oi. A wealth manager and the president of. <laughs> Oi, Vey Management. <laughs> Oi, Vey Wealth Management. <laughs> Christine has helped many of our professionals at William Patterson University to manage their investments and plan out for their retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, or if you have any questions on anything from investments and portfolio management to insurance retirement planning, give Christine a call at, repeat after me, 732. 732. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her, Christine at Oi. They Wealth. <laughs> Dot com. And take the last oi off for savings. That's right. Many shout-outs to many different people, but don't forget Managing Your Band's 6th edition. By the time you hear this, it has been out for a year, but like fine wine, it's aging beautifully. Mm-hmm. It's a book. It's in color. It's got glossy pages. And only a few mistakes. Very few mistakes. <laughs> so you're going to love it. And always contact, contact us. Again, go to musicbiz101wp.com, and that's where you can find everything out. Again, big thanks to the Music Biz Association for having us here. Yes. And now on to La Interview. So Music Biz 101 and more with Rohit Anand. Mm-hmm. And uh, we call him Ro. Listeners have to call him Rohit. We call him Ro because we're on first name. Actually, our first syllable, a single syllable basis with you. We're yep. very right. good friends. And, of course, we have Jaden Harding with us. Hello. 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 (laughs) That is the show. Just a bunch of people saying hello. All all day. All day. That's right. And Jaden is getting his MBA in music and entertainment industry management. Management. (laughs) I'm looking at Marconi the whole time. Am I getting it right? You're not looking at me. No, he's not. Angry with me. (laughs) We have two names floating around in the university. That's right. Music and entertainment industry. No. Music and entertainment. Music what? What is our new degree? M. E-M for him. Music and entertainment, entertainment management. management. Music and entertainment management. Yeah. 
So, Ro, you can go back, get your MBA at William Patterson yeah. University. Yeah, <laughs> I might have Because <laughs> we're selling it so well right now. <laughs> so, all right. So, why don't we begin? Um, yep. Do you want to give a little brief as to who Ro is, or do you want Ro to do it? Or you take it away, Jaden. We will fill in and interrupt whenever we All right. Do. So, I think Ro can answer a little bit more elaborately than I can. You know, I did my research, but I don't want to butcher anything. So, I'll go ahead and let Ro explain what he does exactly at Dream Hotel Group. Yeah, sure. So, I am the Vice President of Brand Activations and Partnerships for Dream Hotel Group. Um, I specifically focus on the Dream Hotels business, um, which is our lifestyle hotel brand. Um, we have two in New York, one in Miami, one in Los Angeles. Um, we have two in Asia, um, in Bangkok and Phuket. And we are opening one uh, right here in Nashville later this year. Um, specifically, what I do is I oversee um, programming, um, which you know basically syncs to all of our, our verticals um, in lifestyle, which is music, fashion, art, tech, um, and you know we basically try to partner with brands within those industries to further tell our story, uh, to create captivating content that we use digitally to market the hotel brand. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's a brand positioning practice and it's really uh, you know, at, at the core of defining who we are um, in those markets and, and as, a, as a brand. Mm. Very intriguing stuff, because I know, because a lot of people were talking to you after the panel just about you know, how we talked about even beforehand that for someone who's like so enhanced like the music entertainment industry to be like in the hospitality industry as well, it's kind of like a really different take on things that makes you really think about what they actually do in that industry. Yeah, yeah, you know, it, it's hotel, especially a, a lifestyle hotel like ours, from the second you walk into the hotel, um, you are uh, exposed to music. So it's playing in our public spaces like our lobbies, our pools, um, our restaurants, and then on top of that, you're gonna get music in our venues. We're a very um, highly activated food and beverage focused hotel group. So um, all of our dreams have a rooftop bar, um, nightclub, and we will have DJs, we will have bands come and perform. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so it, it's very important to us that we create an experience for our guests that is, uh, you know, diverse. And, and, you know, that's the beauty of our brand. We aren't uh, stuck to one genre of music. We're open to all of them. In the late 90s and early 2000s, I was with uh, Polygram and then the Universal Music Group. <clears throat> sure. And we did a lot of this stuff with W Hotels. Yeah. So um, can you, I guess, kind of uh, explain the difference between the two, maybe, or what, yeah, what you look, know I, and what you're doing differently so, from you them? Know, I, I'd liken us to, to basically what, a, uh, a, what W Hotels was before it really blew up. Um, mm -hmm. and expanded across the world. How many total dream um, hotels are so there? So right now we have seven. Seven total um, worldwide, okay. And, and our plan is to have you know 15 plus in the next five years. Mm -hmm. um, we have a, a pretty robust development pipeline, um, you know, and, and really what our brand offering is localized lifestyle. So we're the place that you wanna come and stay where the locals are drinking, eating, and hanging out. And uh, you know, I think W does a very good job of that. Um, I think at a certain point it becomes, you know, it, it's tough to kind of retain that. Yeah, you know, I don't want to call it integrity, but you know, it's tough to retain, uh, you know, the ethos when you have so many of them and, and, and across the world. That's a great point because mm -hmm. a, a lot of companies 
you guys are in the hungry stage. Mm -hmm. So as you as you grow, and there's actually a mark. I read a whole book about it. I can't remember the name of the book or the guy who who wrote the book, but yep. an academic actually. Mm -hmm. And his point, and he did years and years of study of, of companies that, from Microsoft to uh, auto companies and other tech companies, how they're hungry and they build, 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 and they do everything right like you guys are doing. Right. They get to basically maybe the saturation point right. where they lose mm -hmm. that hunger. Right. And they just sort of, it's more about keeping what we're doing as opposed to continuously building and evolving. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it feels like Starbucks would be another example of they've had to expand and contract, expand and contract because they lose that hyper-regionality, which right. it seems like you're like old radio in that we need to really focus and, and on this region. We're, we're focused on, um, you know, we look at our, you know, potential markets and then when we actually sign deals, we, you know, I will go to that market and identify who the partners are that we want to be working with. Um, you know, both in our venues um, and, and from a brand standpoint, and we will start developing and, and cultivating those relationships. So, for instance, in Nashville, um, you know, I've already had pretty extensive outreach to the local labels, um, and, and we never like to position ourselves as we are only working with established artists. We like to you know, work with emerging as well, <coughs> creating showcase platforms. Um, you know, we do a lot of, of record um, label showcases in our venues in New York um, in partnership with labels. And so, you know, the space is open to, um, you know, both our guests as well as guest lists from the label um, and artists itself. And so it gives the artists a really great platform to expose themselves. Very interesting. So, like, when you're looking at certain partnerships for your, like, properties, like, are you doing different partnerships based on locations? So, let's say, is there going to be a different, like, brands utilized in your Los Angeles branch opposed to your Bangkok one? Yeah. So, so I would say this. So, we develop a cultural calendar mm -hmm. um, annually. And then we sit down as a team quarterly um, at the end of each quarter and, and identify how are we targeting, um, you know, music, art, or fashion um, for that property mm -hmm. in that quarter. Um, you know, a partnership I'm, I'm really proud of and, and I think it's an amazing one is one of the Lincoln Motor Company at our property in, in Hollywood. And this is something that, you know, we may at some point be, make a brand-wide partnership, um, but it made a lot of sense for us because Lincoln is, is really entering this elevated brand phase and they're all about the guest experience um, and they're also really about culture um, and they believe in music. Um, and so we've produced some great events um, with them already at the property um, where we've actually had bands perform um, and, and, you know, it, it's created a, a really nice atmosphere for our guests and, and it is, at the end of the day, it's also created great content for us to go to market with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what would you say, like, what kind of guests, like, stays at Dream Hotel? Because I was looking at, like, the properties and just seeing, like, just, like, what they're all doing for, like, design and, like, what they're all approached to. Yeah. You said yourself, too, how it's more so the people are going there, like, want to be more locally infused with so, everything. So our, our food and beverage typically caters to the local market. Um, we identify partners. So our, our, our largest food and beverage partnership is with the Tao Group. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with any of their brands. So you have Tao, Marquee, Lavo, TAO. They're one of the biggest food and beverage operators mm -hmm. in the world. Mm -hmm. okay. um, and this partnership started at our property in New York, um, Dream Downtown, and now they manage our food and beverage um, in Dream Midtown, um, in Hollywood as well, and, and in some future properties. Um, you know, that... I, I never like to say we have a demo of guests that stay in with us. We like mm. to say it's a psychographic, right? So it's someone mm. that wants to go experience the local flair of a market, um, you know, that wants to enjoy, you know, pretty curated experiences in terms of food, um, you know, that also likes to go out. But, you know, our hotels are also heavily corporate. Um, we have a lot of corporate business that comes in, I would say, Sunday through about Thursday, um, and then we get the leisure business. Mm -hmm. So. 
you know, our, our property in New York is in Meatpacking District. It's across the street from Google. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there's a lot of, of, of corporate entertainment, corporate tech business that's staying at our hotels. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, because I even know when I was looking at the New York one, like, I was like, just out of curiosity, if I ever wanted to take, like, family there, like, me being a poor college student, I know I'm not going there in a long time, but still, like, it looks like great properties, like, just to be really immersed in. Yeah, look, we, 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 we get quite a bit of family staying with us as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting to see. And, and I, I like to say that the hotel evolves each season. Mm-hmm. Um, the summer being our pool opens for the only sanded beach in New York City, and so we get an influx <laughs> of new guests coming to the hotel. Um, and, uh, you know, it just creates a whole new vibe and atmosphere mm-hmm. um, throughout the property. And, uh, you know, we, we have a nightclub on the roof. We have a nightclub in the basement. We have a restaurant in the basement. We have a restaurant in the lobby. So there's just so many different offerings. It really is like that one-stop shop. You don't have to leave the building. You can mm-hmm. experience all different types of New York. Yeah. So, and then you said, like, you have 15 coming up, like, within, like, by 2020, something like that? Yeah. So, you know... Right now, um, I would say that the most recent ones to come will be Nashville, mm-hmm. um, then Dream Dallas, mm-hmm. Dream Palm Springs, um, and then there are a few other sites which I can't publicly say right now um, that are yep. in development as well. Um, and, and yeah, look, people are, are buying into our brand. They're really believing in what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we get a lot of, you know, travelers coming from different markets that are like, hey, I would love, it would be great if there was a dream, you know, mm-hmm. in, in our hometown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The average age, you a guest? You know, again, it, it, it's it's hard to say there's a demo. It's, it mm-hmm. is a psychographic because we could have a 32-year-old guest in our nightclub. We could also have a 64-year-old guest in our nightclub. Mm-hmm. I would say our, you know, if I had to say a sweet spot, it would, I would probably <coughs> be between 28 and 40, mm-hmm. um, you know, but there definitely are a lot of outliers. Um, and, uh, you know, to go back to your question about what is our our room count in, in as a brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say we always like to go above 150. There's some certain cases like Miami where we're below that number. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, more, you know, or just as important to us is, is the guest experience, but also, you know, the, the food and beverage experience that we're mm-hmm. creating, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, it is not a mandate that old dreams have a rooftop bar, um, but it certainly is a brand component of us. And, and we would like to have at least two or more food and beverage offerings in all of our dream hotels. Do you look or do you consider like a hard rock hotel, another hotel in this same space in which they're utilizing music in that whole vibe? Yeah, or you guys I, diff- I've, I'm a huge fan of hard rock. Mm-hmm. I think it's amazing what they've done. Um, you know, I would say our, our offering is a little bit more niche. Um, and it's a little bit more localized because I think people come to stay at a hard rock. Um, they, you know, they have already have a brand expectation and it's a lot of transient people at those hotels. Um, you know, like I said, our hotels are very, very locally driven. Um, you know, we, we will not, you know, the, the logo stays the same, but we're not taking exact infrastructure that we have, say in a New York property and just planting it here. Um, and I think, you know, hard rock, there a lot of their you know design or, or mm-hmm. you know, brand itself is very um, you know transferable mm-hmm. um, and, and for us um, I think our brand is transferable but it's really kind of um, cooked up in those markets mm-hmm. so it's more of a brand and a philosophy of the brand versus the physical right incarnation of the brand is going to change and you mentioned the hyper locality so how would Nashville be different from New York you know, we will be working with local food and beverage partners. Um, we're doing it all in-house, um, but meaning, you know, with local chefs, 
Um, we also, you know, I can't divulge too much mm -hmm. information on the property, um, but there's going to be several venues um, within the hotel that are very, very locally driven and, and to what Nashville is, um, you know, at the end of the day, which is a music city. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we, our, our design will also play, uh, you know, an homage to, you know, the, the history of, of Nashville, um, especially mm -hmm. of Printer's Alley. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's a real rich cultural history of what mm -hmm. used to go on there and what goes on there today. Oh, and that's where the hotel's And that's where the hotel's Right, okay, be. yeah, okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so, so all of our hotels are, are designed, you know, based on what that market is. So if you go to our Hollywood property, it's, you know, very bright colors. Um, it interacts with the outdoors um, quite a bit, but... You know, obviously New York is, is different. Um, it's kind of loft-inspired rooms. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did you have one more follow-up? Is that all right? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, okay. And what's interesting is we're in Nashville, which is a city that's growing enormously and very quickly. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Lyft driver who drove us in last night said that there are 10 hotels going up yep. right now, which to me um, talks about the demand for it, but in your case, that's a lot of competition going up at the same time in addition to what's already here. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, there's so much demand here for Lifestyle Hotel brand, mm -hmm. um, and it doesn't exist yet. So you have the Thompson, um, there are a few other ones, um, the 21C Hotel, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with. No, what is that? It's based off of this kind of um, museum um, concept where there's actual, you know, it feels like an actual museum in the lobby, which mm -hmm. it's really cool. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I think, you know, recently there was a figure that this is the second largest bachelor or bachelorette party um, yes. in the U.S. Yeah. That's Vegas. right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, people do come here and have a good time. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of hotels that are not, you know, some select service hotels and some brands that you wouldn't expect, you know, that do have rooftop bars, um, you know, in this market. So I think that's an indicator that this market is hungry for it. Um, in terms of competition, you know, I have a lot of respect for Virgin W for all these other brands that are coming to this market. I just think our um, our property, like I said, is even a little bit more niche, um, and we've built a pretty loyal consumer base, um, you know, on both sides of, of the U.S., both in New York and in Los Angeles, that recognize it and uh, are loyal to it and, and want to participate in it. Mm -hmm. You, you used the term verticals earlier, yeah. which um, I know a lot of people throw it out, and yeah. I, I think a lot of people nod their head. Yeah. But can you? I don't think a lot of people always understand yeah. so, the so term look, verticals. So these are, these are different industries that are um, basically who we target when we are creating our, our marketing plan. Um, you know, for instance, music, art, fashion, tech, and media. The, those are our verticals. So. How do we approach music? So that's with partnering with labels and like you said, doing showcases in our hotel. We also have offsite activations at music festivals like South by Southwest. Um, most recently, we just partnered with Republic Records and came back from Coachella. Um, we did a daytime activation with them. Explain, um, could you explain how that works? Yeah, so, so, so you know, we partnered with them. They've, they've done a, an amazing event there for the past several years, um, which showcases some of their talent. Um, you know, Coachella, I don't know, how familiar you guys are, mm -hmm. um, but you know the, the music curation itself at the festival is amazing. But then there's this whole other side of that, which is celebrity, influencer, um, you know, industry that that does go to these type of events, and you know that again is a sweet spot of who stays in our hotel. So it's a market that we want to be in. Mm -hmm. um, you know, specifically our hotel in Los Angeles is, is about two and a half hours away, so it's an important place that we want to say Dream is at, um, and we want to market the hotel um, on site. So. Um, you know, for this activation, we actually built a, uh, a four times the size massive bed 
and uh, hmm. had guests jumping off of it, and that was great content for us to capture, um, as well as be a part and, and have an imprint, um, you know, at this event. And uh, you know, these type of activations, when we do partner with labels or brands um, offsite, we like to pull those back into the property. So you know, we'll start talking to these labels about hosting programmed events at our hotels, um, so we can keep that relationship kind of front of mind. Mm-hmm. So with these partnerships, like. Do you think you guys seek them out more, or, do, or are the people coming to you more so often? So it, it, it's interesting, right? So I think um, you know when we first launched, I was doing a lot more outreach, um, and as we've grown, we're getting a lot more incoming leads. Mm-hmm. You know, having a flagship on the East Coast and the West Coast has, has definitely um, you know given us amazing exposure, and, and people are more familiar with with who we are. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, that's not to say. Uh, we don't have the infrastructure of a W um, or these larger brands, so it's it's important that you know we keep our, our ears on the street and, and we stay hungry and you know we are, are coming up with target lists and, and going after them. Um, you know we work really closely with our sales team um, who manages the relationships of some of these brands, you know like a Spotify, like an Apple um, that is staying at the hotel to figure out if we can you know create a program where there's a more pronounced relationship with those brands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, you know it's very important to have that integration with your sales team um, from my perspective to open those doors. Mm-hmm. So well, like when you're looking at a partnership, like what are some of like the main aspects you look for depending on your market like when you look at it, what do you know? about it that you know it's gonna make a good partnership if that makes sense sure so so you know we we can call it our, our ROI metric right mm-hmm. so what what is this partnership gonna do you know a is it gonna generate revenue um, within the hotels um, that's obviously most important that's that we want to convert revenue t- to the hotels itself mm-hmm. um, what type of exposure so what type of press are we gonna get off of a partnership like this mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> it's also you know at the end of the day it's it's what is this improving the guest experience is mm-hmm. this um, you know, helping define our branding, um, and is this a relevant brand? Is it adding value to us? Um, that's certain criteria that we look at when we approach any type of partnership or association, um, you know, for the group. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can we go back to uh, Coachella? Yeah. And the promotion with Republic. Sure. So I know you mentioned you guys made a, a bed four times the size of a typical right. bed, and people were jumping up. Where's the connection with Republic? Sure. What so, is- so the the venue was called um, it was called well the title of the event was Republic presents the Estate by Dream Hotels. Um, so we were messaged throughout you know any of the digital content that was put out for the event, um, you know both to the artists to the guests that are attending the event, um, you know and then on site we were heavily branded not just the bed but throughout the event. Um, and, uh, and yeah, look, it, it, it really was uh, a, a branding, uh, I would say a branding um, effort for us to align ourselves with a brand like Republic that has The weekend, um, Drake, you know, some of the biggest acts mm-hmm. in the world, um, you know, and, and The weekend actually playing at Coachella, um, you know, to align with them. And again, um, I can show you some videos, but it, it creates, you know, gone are the times that you're marketing a bed, a lobby, you know, people want to see live action. And not necessarily at your hotel. It's it's a storytelling business. So mm-hmm. you know the content that we produced of that event. So you know that's everything from the performances, um, you know, to that bed itself, to the setting. Um, that's engaging our, our consumer through social media, and they're saying, "Wow, you know, dreams at these places. Mm-hmm. I'm at these places." Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it ties back to our hotels. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to it earlier about just how Coachella has evolved over the years. Like, it's no longer just like a concert itself. It's like a whole experience with music and even outside of music, like yep. there's so many other different things you can do at Coachella. Now. Yeah, I mean, there's people that go there that don't even go to the festival. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Right. You know, and, and look, 
we we have a lot of nightlife going on in our hotels, but we like to you know we also like to play on the cultural side too. So um, you know capturing you know images and video of someone like Martin Selbig who was DJing the event. That's that's a cool component for us mm-hmm. to to use in our in our material. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, and then I can go back to South by Southwest. So we did our first offsite activation five years ago. We partnered with Vivo. So at the time. Um, Vivo had taken down a, a house um, on the main street for, for five days and they had daytime programming which was open to everybody that was at South by Southwest as long as you had a badge. We came in to create this exclusive late night lounge atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know three out of those five nights we created a lounge and, and you know we played host to the artists and musicians that you know we that stay in our hotels that were in town that wanted to cool off after all the showcases and you know from from a marketing perspective it was, great alignment for us with Vivo and then with those artists and to be able to recycle that material um, through social is, was highly valuable for us. And so we've done, you know, activations like that. We've also gone back, um, you know, two years ago we partnered with the Fader um, and created a lounge in their backstage um, of Fader Fort, which I don't know if you're familiar, but is, is you know, I think the, one of the most amazing things that happens at South by Southwest. They basically curate a roster of artists that you may not have heard of at that point, but six months after, you know, mm. those are the people winning <laughs> Grammys and, and blowing up. And, uh, you know, it was really cool to be a part of something like that, um, attach our brand to that, and then, you know, own content that we can push out, you know, later when these people are, are huge. Um, mm. You know, and, and then again, a lot, the reason that we are at these festivals is a lot of those relationships tied back to our properties. Mm-hmm. Um, Dream Sessions program is um, an artist-based interview series that uh, we launched about five years ago. And uh, you know we will go to these festivals and actually meet artists on site and interview them on site and host them back at our hotels. And uh, you know it, it's, again, it's really, you know, it, it's, it's an integral part of, of what we do, um, you know, beyond actually marketing the property itself, it's marketing the brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have a Spotify branded playlist. We do. No, uh, what is it called? Dream Hotels. Dream Hotels. Okay. (laughs) So we just most recently um, started revamping it. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we're tying it into some of our our promotions. So whether that be through Instagram, email blasts, um, you know, and and play on the season, right? So we created a Coachella playlist. Um, I believe we just created a spring playlist. We will be creating a summer playlist. Um, You know, we're starting to drive more traffic to it. and, uh, what do you want out of it? What, what is the purpose? Why do it? Yeah, so, so I think it's, it's twofold, right? So some of these artist partnerships that we create, um, it's nice to have that component, hey, will you create a playlist for us and push this out on your channels? It drives traffic you know, back to our hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think there's an expectation in the market, too, that a brand like ours will have playlists and people can come back and say, you know, I, I love listening to the Dream Hotel music. Um, you know, it was... It was great, you know, so they'll come back and, and, you know, they'll familiarize themselves with music that they heard on our properties. Mm-hmm. So who is curating this? Somebody at Spotify or somebody no, on your end? someone on our end. What, what, um, what's the name of the position? And so, give, you, so, can we give props to the, can we give the name of the person who did it too? So, so there's not just one person, it's a okay. committee, right? So, so there's a committee of, of six of us that will... Including you? Including me, that okay. will put together a list with artists that they're listening to right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, we create it in-house and then we push it out. Um, but, you know, some, a lot of times too, we will have our guest DJs that are in our venues create playlists for us and, mm-hmm. and put them up online. And do you talk to Spotify and get them to do... 
anything yeah, so, around? So, you know, we, we have a relationship with them. Um, you know, they obviously blessed our, our brand channel. Um, but, uh, you know, we don't, we don't use them to curate the actual list because mm -hmm. we want it to come from us. Um, you know, we're the ones closest to the brand and, and you know, closest to the consumer. Right. And I would think from their perspective, they like it just because the more people using Spotify, whether it's the free or the subscriber tier, just the more people are getting into the habit of using Spotify. So yep. like you've done things with Republic Records, for example, yep. can you see in the future doing some sort of Spotify lounge or something oh, or, or yeah, that kind we, of thing? Yeah, we would love to do that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, they're, they're, I would say, top tier brand um, in tech and music. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think as, as our brand grows um, and as we go into markets um, here, um, especially in Nashville, we, we'd love to, you know, pronounce that type of alignment um, brick and mortar. Mm -hmm. um, and, and we're going after, you know, bigger partnerships as our infrastructure grows and our resources grow. Um, but, you know, we, we like everything, you know, we, we don't like to just go after the big, the big behemoths. I think we also like emerging um, and indie. We have a, a great relationship with Fool's Gold Records um, in New York, which is A-Track's label. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we did several sport sponsorships um, of their showcase at South by Southwest. Um, you know, we've hosted some events of theirs at the hotel as well. And, uh, you know, it, it's nice to have kind of a, a deep bank, um, you know, of partners that you can go to for, you know, specific needs. Mm -hmm. What are you doing to expand the, uh, the clientele? I mean, it sounds like everything you're doing is to um, reinforce and get more and more of the same type of people to come to the mm -hmm. and stay at the hotel. Yeah, look, I, I, would use, doing this? I, I would say, you know, Coachella is a good example of that, right? Because those are some of our existing clients. Yes. But we're going for brand exposure at the end of the day. So mm -hmm. we're going to have big signage. We're going to have, um, you know, trackable, uh, you know, something like a photo booth that we can you know, get data from. Mm -hmm. We're going to places, um, you know, and, and putting our brand out there to get more people to, to know about us. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd say PR is a very vital part of our brand. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we have several agencies working for the hotel and for the company. And, you know, we're, we, we produce, you know, one to two hits a day on anything from something that's happening to our venue, um, something that's happening in the hotel. So we're just trying to get the name out there, you know, as much as possible. Mm -hmm. So you you mentioned like partnering with artists like individually themselves and their brand in a whole. Do you find yourself like have you ever or aspire to like partner with like individual like celebrities or like influencers of that nature? Like yeah, so we you know I actually had a, a an amazing uh, partnership with someone that you wouldn't figure um, a, co a couple of years ago. So um, you know I I through a mutual friend I met the manager of the Fat Jew, and um, mm -hmm. you know. He was at the time um, renovating his apartment in New York and was living in LA and needed a place to stay. Mm -hmm. And we literally sat in a room, me and his manager, and we're like, you know, we had all these different ideas how we could work together. They had, they have a, a, a rose brand called White Girl Rose. And mm -hmm. at one point it was a vending White Girl Rose machine, but then we found out that was illegal. So we're like, <laughs> what if, what if, uh, what if Josh, which is the fat Jew's name, what if he lived at the hotel? and created a lot of hotels do residencies right mm -hmm. so they do artist sure, residencies sure. they do you know so we're like what if we create the fat jew and residence um, mm -hmm. at our midtown property um you know while his hotel is being rented oh, i'm sorry while his apartment's being renovated so we created a program where he stayed at the hotel um and lived there for about six months mm. and it was very content driven but also event driven so 
we would host an event with him quarterly, um, and then he would do posts quarterly, um, promoting the brand and promoting the hotel. And uh, you know, it was it was really interesting. Those guys think completely out of the box. There's mm. some things that are possible, mm. some things that aren't. Um, you know, um, but it, it was it was really cool, and it, there was a lot of shock value. Um, but you know, the industry I think took note of it, and, and you know, it was it was a very innovative, um, you know, cool thing for us to do. Influencer partnerships are super important to our brand. Um, so on my team is our director of digital marketing and she oversees those relationships. So those are the people with high social followings um, that will stay at the hotel and promote the hotel on their channels. And we actually see a direct ROI from that. So, mm-hmm. um, you, know, you know, that's that's one partnership that I would say kind of came out of nowhere and, and uh, I'm proud of it. And, you know, those guys are, are uh, you know, very, very cool and, and kind of in, in the think tank. You know, we, we still throw ideas back and forth at, um, you know, with each other. Right. Mm. Yeah, that was one of my thoughts was how do you measure that these things are working? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's you know, the curse of marketing, right? You, of you can never really track the yeah. revenue ROI precisely. But, you know, there's certainly ways. So we will arm our influencers with rate codes and they will push that out on their channels and say, you know, if, if the girl's name is Stephanie, it'll be entered Dream Stephanie into, you know, mm-hmm. Dream Hotels to receive 20% off. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we actually are able to track those type of initiatives. But, you know, as far as exposure goes, I'd say our ROI are, are press impressions, but, um, you know, we also send our sales team to these activations and, um, you know, they're responsible for bringing business back into the hotel. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, leads that they meet at these events um, certainly are, are part of that ROI pot. Mm-hmm. And the salesperson is, isn't necessarily or is just meeting individuals or actually trying to meet people who represent larger... Like, I, think, com- I think both. Okay. Um, right. So, you know, ways hotels are set up, there's uh, salespeople that are dedicated to specific segments. Mm-hmm. So if I'm doing something at a Coachella, I'm going to bring my entertainment sales director. I'm going to probably bring my leisure sales director um, just because that's the market um, of people that are out there. And so they'll go out there and they'll be meeting individuals, but you know, hopefully some of those will lead to corporate organizations. And that's where the you know, and that's bang and that's for the buck the, is exactly, better, right? And, yeah. and that's where the, the big revenue comes from. But you know, my uh, at the end of the day, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to convert these partnerships, um, this content into actual revenue um, into mm-hmm. the hotel, and it's been you know, it's been successful. We uh, we we really uh, have that front of mind when we go into these things and. Um, it's 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 cool you know it, it's fun because you not only get the the marketing ROI but you actually get revenue coming in mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're a pretty young guy so you're I guess probably right around we're, we're talking May of 2018 so it's about exactly now 12 years ago that you graduated yep. college you got a bachelor's degree yep. in marketing business Oh, so like, I went to Emory University and I went to the business school, um, Goyce had a business school there. So I have a BBA. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, Emory, I, it's, it's an amazing school. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this, this undergraduate business program was, uh, you know, it was, it was very unique in that it was kind of a, a less intense MBA program um, where we had a lot of group classes um, and, uh, you know, a lot of group projects and, um, you know, I... I wouldn't say it was that entertainment driven, um, but you know, organization, management, those are the type of things that, that we learned. But you know, I will say this, that there's a lot of things that I've learned in the past 12 years that I picked up on my own. Um, but I'd say college definitely laid a certain structure and then 
you know, coming out of college, I worked at a consulting firm for three years, and which was a completely different industry than what I'm in now. Um, but I'm grateful for it because it, it also laid in a work ethic and structure that I bring into my job every day that, you know, I may not necessarily see, you know, that every, everyone has a different type of working style, but this one works for me. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, that was, that was also kind of an education for me. So did you always want to pursue entertainment or did that just kind of come up? Because I also saw on LinkedIn, like you had some certificate from Harvard. In, like, yeah, that so, so I, went to, I went to a Harvard entertainment program. Um, that was actually like two years ago. Um, yeah, look, entertainment has is, is always been um, you know, a passion of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and so is hospitality. But I think coming out of my first gig um, at FDI Consulting, I, I realized that I loved creating experiences and hosting people. Um, and to be able to come on the visionary side of that um, for a hotel group was, was really exciting. Um, and uh, you know, like I said earlier, like it, it really, it's great. It, it feels like it's a part of me. Um, so there's not like a, you know, any type of nine to five feeling yeah. at all. It, it really, mm-hmm. it's when I wake up to when I go to sleep. Um, you know, it's just, it's part of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a very passionate music um, fan. You know, I like try to go to at least one show a week. Um, and I like all genres of music. Um, you know, I'd say like probably leans a little bit towards hip hop. Just, mm-hmm. That's just because I grew up in Manhattan, and, and that was the music I listened to mm-hmm. a lot. But uh, you know, I'm open to all, to all types, and uh, you know, it's exciting that our brands are in markets where we're you know, like New York, where music is you know is king, um, and Los Angeles and, and Miami, and uh, and, uh, and yeah. So it, it's really, uh, I think it's, it's it's a passion for it. But mm-hmm. you know, if I told you 12 years ago when I was graduating that I was going to be you know, at a hotel group. You know, doing what I do. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't have been able to, to guess that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think you really find what you want to do. Some people find out so- sooner than others. Yeah. Um, you know, this was something that uh, kind of really came to me, and, and I grew. Mm-hmm. Talk about um, the kind of person. Do you do you hire people? Talk about the kind of background and the kind of people yeah, you're looking so, for you know, when you're, and I what positions saying, you hire. I was saying earlier, so, so, you know, all marketing is shifting towards this kind of digital stage, right? Mm-hmm. So on my team, there's a digital marketing director. Um, there's also a digital marketing manager. Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking in the next year to grow someone under me um, that specifically focuses on partnerships and activations. But like I said earlier, I didn't have any hotel experience coming into this. Um, you know, I had some event experience. I had some marketing experience. But... You know, I think the thing that's interesting for my type of role and, and my type of group is that you can come from a different discipline. It doesn't have to be specifically hospitality. You know, I almost welcome someone that comes from a different industry into it because they're bringing a whole new perspective and they've already been enveloped in, in that industry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, look, it's, it's I would take an interview with someone from a record label. I would take an interview with someone from an art gallery. It really... It, it, it's really wide open. Um, and I wouldn't close off someone that's, that's in hotels as well because, you know, part of my experience is I, I worked on a property, um, you know, doing what I do. And so I got to see the day-to-day, everything from the sales to the operation. So being able to understand that and what works and what doesn't work is also a super important thing. Um, you know, but that being said, I, I think we're, we're open to, to people from all different types of industries. So for someone, let's, let's say there's a student who's aspiring to like get involved with like, you know, brand partnerships, activation and stuff like that, what would you recommend for like a skill set for that student to kind of just really like hone in on, like just focus on, just kind of learn to continue to grow, I guess? Yeah, look, 
at the end of the day, I think a lot of what I do is, is almost like business development, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's getting in front of the right people, mm -hmm. um, you know, being articulate about what, what you're looking for right. and, and also understanding what their goals are mm -hmm. um, and finding a way that, you know, both, both sides are happy. Um, you know, for, for me, it, it's super important that I am constantly, you know, on top of trend and seeing what's coming new in, in all those industries. And I'm attending a ton of events and I'm meeting people, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on a daily basis. And I think um, networking is, is a super important part of hospitality, um, and, you know, certainly entertainment. But right. um, for what we do, it's, it's really important that you, you know, you have a Rolodex or you're developing a Rolodex of, of people in all of those industries. Mm -hmm. You have stages in your venues, like a, a stage for performance. So, so, um, so we we are moving towards that. Um, mm -hmm. We don't have built-in stage um, in our properties in New York or in LA. Um, we we bring those in um, for special events. Mm -hmm. um, I can't divulge too much about our Nashville hotel, um, but you know we are moving towards that direction. <laughs> yeah, wonder what's going to happen. <laughs> <in Nashville. laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, look, it's building that stage and, and that's a whole other, you know, item, uh, line item that comes onto your budget if you don't have it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's the great thing about having brand partners that support um, culture and support the arts um, and come in and, and, and help you get there. Um, so, you know, a lot of times it's beverage, a lot of times it could be a, a tech brand, um, it could be an auto brand, but, um, you know, the thing about our spaces, I will say, is that all of them are, are a, a could be transformed into a performance venue because they all are built around a DJ. Mm -hmm. um, you know, our, our hotel in New York has a, a sanded beach, like I was saying earlier, but we've taken that sand and built a stage on it before and had bands perform there. Um, so it, it's really, uh, you know, my most exciting uh, production that I was a part of was uh, four years ago, we actually turned our loading dock um, into a concert venue for a night. We partnered with the Governor's Ball, which is a festival in New York, mm -hmm. um, and we built a stage at the bottom of the loading dock, and we had Vic Mensa perform. And uh, it was something really cool because this dock is basically where staff exit and enters, and where all the garbage gets taken out mm -hmm. every day. And um, you know, we it, it wasn't just a blank dock. This is also the entrance to one of our nightclubs, and we had an artist come in, and, and he you know, created a whole installation around it. But uh, you know, it was something really cool to see. Um, and you know, yeah, I think. You know, moving forward, um, a music venue is, is something that we're moving towards, um, you know, and, and it makes sense in certain markets and some maybe not so much. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know, we we pretty pretty transformable spaces. Mm -hmm. And that could be something again, another place to generate revenue. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so from an ROI perspective, then, in the non-Nashville hotels, yeah, you have this space. Mm -hmm. As a and uh, within management, are they looking like I know in retail, every square foot has to generate X amount of oh, dollars yeah. for that. And, and those studies are done before the hotels are even open. Right. right? Okay. So so if we are bringing in a stage, um, you know the study is done. Will you know this artist generate X amount of revenue? Um, you know for the hotel. Mm -hmm. um, you know also we, we look at it as a press play. Um, you know and it's important to stay relevant. New York is a very competitive hotel and food and beverage market, so it's important to stay competitive and, you know, to have those entertainment offerings, um, you know, not only to the hotel guests, but to the locals. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely, uh, you know, the numbers are definitely crunched on what the talent budget is, what the production budget is, and what are we going to net, um, you know, food and beverage-wise. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. 
Interesting. Um, typical day for you. Yeah. What my, time do you get up? Do you work out at I, 5 a.m. or what's I, your... I work out at uh, about 6.30 every day. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in my office, I would say, about 9. Um, you know, I my, my day, the beauty of my job is that my day, you know, I, my, I don't have an everyday routine. <laughs> it switches every day, right? So sometimes I'm in my corporate office. So when we're having these kind of annual plans and we're going through the calendar and, and creating these decks on, on what the strategy is, I'll be in my corporate office. Um, you know, and then other times I'll be on the property hosting meetings with our partners, um, you know, at Dream Downtown, at Dream Midtown. I travel quite a bit. I'll be out at Dream Hollywood, um, you know, and, and generating what those programs are, um, you know. And, and, you know, the beauty, again, of my job is that I get to touch all those different industries so I'm not just stuck into one. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, you know, I, I, I would say the, the day typically, you know, in terms of, of administration work, We'll probably end around six, um, and then I'll either have an event at one of our hotels, or I'll be going to an event. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I stay I stay pretty engaged on my email until I basically fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and that's important too, right? Because I have people that would like to stay in the hotel that you know may hit me up last minute and ask for a reservation for the next day. Um, you know, or an artist that's coming in that needs help with X. So it, it's really important to. Uh, be receptive and, and be hospitable. Um, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's part of the guest experience and the, the partner experience. Mm -hmm. When you did the panel, the Music Biz 101 and More live panel with us here in Nashville, the last question that you asked, Marconi, was mm -hmm. about uh, a college class. What was it? Do you remember the class? Yeah. I said if you, um, from what you know now and what you do, what college class would you like to have that you didn't have? Yeah. And your answer was, and well, then I thought, go into you know, it more. I, I really think that there should be a focus on partnerships. Mm -hmm. um, and we were actually talking about this yeah, earlier. Yeah. It's, it's something that I think has become very, it has evolved in the past decade, for mm -hmm. sure. I mean, before we just used, used to view these as endorsements and, and alliances. But yeah. now there's a real pronounced relationship between brands, um, you know, to drive tra traffic to those brands. And, you know, you have a hotel working with an auto brand. You have a hotel working with a music label. Um, and, and vice versa. And I, I think it'd be really you know, beneficial for students in, in a business program to understand how those partnerships, you know, how those type of partnerships mm -hmm. work, mm -hmm. why they work, um, and uh, you know, how, to, how to draw up um, a term sheet. And uh, you know, that's something that I've, I've learned throughout the past eight years. Um, you know, certainly there's our in-house counsel that's involved in these things, but um, you know, I, I think it's, it's of value for, um, for people to understand that. Yeah. I had a negotiation class in, in my undergrad, which I think is, is mm -hmm. beneficial to mm -hmm. this day. Um, but, you know, maybe there's a, a program of the, this that can be rolled into it. Yeah, uh, Cindy, who's, who was the artist manager, mm -hmm. basically was alluding to that, too, that no more is going to be, in the future, 20% of the artists were going to partner with the artist, right. like um, uh, with Joan Jett. <laughs> that, um, with Black Art Records, with yeah. uh, Kenny? Yeah, with Kenny Laguna, who's already done with Joan Jett. Mm -hmm. They have a relationship that's a partnership, mm -hmm. not 20% or so on. Right. And I'm sure if you look at um, Bruce Springsteen and John Landau and so on, they're not the straight, you know, 20% temp, whatever. Yeah. It's built on this partnership. Yeah. So I think we're seeing that um, Julie, Greenwald, Julie Greenwald from Atlantic Records when we were talking a few years ago and she came to school and she's talking about 360 deals 
and the wraparound deal. She said, why wouldn't you partnership with me? So everybody's talking about this idea of uh, no hierarchy of the, the yeah. boss and then, or labor and then management or something, yeah. but it's a partnership that's uh, it's It's a business entity, right? Yeah. So you're both working towards, um, you know, one side is the talent and the other person's going right, to exactly. the and executing them. But um, yeah, I think, you know, I think a class like that would be, would be super beneficial mm -hmm. for helping mm -hmm. the students. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Because I know, because like, like you said, like, I think you said like, nowadays like for the partnership, like you don't want there to be like any sort of like feeling of superiority where like you have to go through like these certain loops to talk to someone. Like you want everyone to feel as level as equal and just be approachable and talk mm -hmm. about like these possibilities you can do that benefit both parties essentially. Yeah, yeah, look, and I, again, I think that's the beauty of, of my organization and group is that, you know, our, everyone from our ownership downwards is, is very involved and, and supportive of marketing and of partnerships and you know the beauty of being a small group is that we can execute things very fast there isn't a lot of red tape mm -hmm. and uh, you know we'll, we'll sit around a table and, and throw ideas out and some stick and some don't but you know the fact of the matter is that we are empowered to do so and then go out and execute them mm -hmm. so uh, so yeah look I, I, I think I do think um, you know that type of, of scenario and setting you know leads to some great things mm -hmm. and who owns the chain so our owner is Sant Singh Chutwal mm -hmm. um, and uh, based in New York in my corporate office and uh, you know he's he's a really inspirational guy um, you know that that really built this business from the ground up um, mm -hmm. and, and you know it, it's an amazing business he started in the food and beverage side and um, you know came into the hotel side and, and, mm -hmm. and really uh, you know as a pioneer um, you know, in, in lifestyle hotels mm -hmm. and, uh, not that many people know that, but we actually had the first rooftop bar, um, in Manhattan at our, our dream, uh, on 55th street, oh. um, before that became like a craze in hotels. Yeah. yeah and, now it's uh, everywhere. You know, and that was his vision. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. you know, he, he really is a, a visionary guy. And, uh, you know, like I said, he, he, his door is always open and, and he empowers right. everyone to really, you know, feel like. You know, they're, they're, they have ownership of this brand. And All right. It's been, yeah. I remember the first time I went to, um, over by Lincoln Center, I went, walked down to, I think it's the Gotham Hotel. Is that what it is on, between 8th and 9th? It's the one where you have a, you have to go up a flight in the elevator from, from street level. Is it uh, maybe the Empire? No. Anyway, it was this experience hotel. Yeah. It wasn't huge and it was a, there was a club, there was a restaurant, there was, now it's a Mexican, I think, taco sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And then on the roof they have, uh, or in whatever flight up, they have the um, patio lounges and so on and bars and yeah. so on and so forth. And it was really, you know, I was taking people there because it was so different than maybe a rooftop at the Sheraton or something right. like that. This is totally new and totally different. And you felt like you were someplace that was sort of special, yeah. you know, not just run-of-the-mill. Yeah, no, there's, you know, there's that whole kind of exclusivity and, and experiential component, which, you know, in New York, to be on, to, to have outdoor space and be an outdoor space that's not on the street in New York is, you know, a real asset. <laughs> and, uh, you know, or luckily both of our hotels um, for Dream have amazing rooftop space. Uh -huh. 
especially for that space, especially for that space like in New York, like you're going through streets that are so crowded all the time. It's just nice to have like a little room to breathe up yeah, top and just exactly. like be away breathing from all the space craziness. and then look down on all the crowdedness. Yeah, just like <laughs> and be happy you're not in that crowd at that moment. Exactly. I remember there was like in Indianapolis. I remember there was a rooftop bar I went to. It was actually like enclosed, but also rotated as well. So you got like a whole view of the entire city as it's like as you're sitting down, it's just like oh, spinning on cool. the entire building, just like getting a look at everything. I, I forget the brand, but that was an experience in itself as well. That's yeah. like really unique. That's amazing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you allowed to say wh- what other cities you're looking at uh, in the wor- around the world? Yeah, look, we're, we're, we're opening a, a hotel in Birmingham um, in the UK um, for a brand of ours called Unscripted, which is a more accessible version of Dream, um, not as high of a, a price point, um, but still very curated lifestyle hotel. Um, so, you know, we have a property coming there. Um, you know, we, we have... We're, we're always looking. So we mm-hmm. have a, a pretty robust development team that you know sits across um, internationally. So we have someone that's specifically stationed in Miami looking for, for our projects there. Um, some, you know, Texas is a huge market of ours um, that we'll look at, especially Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's a place that you may see a dream pop up in, mm-hmm. in a few years. Um, you know, but I, I would say our next big focus is, is really um, this property here that's going to be opening. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of this year and then we'll have a big grand opening at the beginning of the next. Will you be sending special invites to Yes, everyone us. at this table yeah. is invited. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, great. And you'll fly us out. We'll and fly you out. Free yeah, rooms. Exactly. And, um, free food, rooms, food, beverage, anything you want. That's really yeah. nice. And in exchange, Marconi and I will give you a copy of our book. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's fair you're getting off. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. That's, totally a, good, fair. that's a good partnership. <laughs> So, uh, do wrap it up. No. Yeah, Jaden, uh, yeah, I'm all good. We want to thank Rohit for coming out and giving us this opportunity for both here as well as the panel. And it's Rohit. Rohit, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah I know. So he <laughs> punched me in the mouth earlier because I said it too many times. So I said, "All right, gosh, he's like so sensitive to it." That's his name. You just shorted the row now, so you don't screw up. Right. <laughs> exactly. So Rohit, thank you very awesome. much for, for you, being guys. here. Yes. One more thank final you. clap for Rohit. And this has been Music Biz 101 and more. At the end of every show, we do not say hello. Would that be stupid? Would that be stupid to say hello at the end of every show? So you want to know what we say? Goodbye. <laughs> but in another language, we say adios! Say, hey Dave, what do Paul Sinclair from Atlantic, Tom Hefter from Ticketmaster, Rosie Lopez from Tommy Boy, and Heather Ellis from Pandora all have in common? They're all bigwigs in the music and entertainment industry, Esteban. And? They all hate warm beer. And? They've all been guests on the Music Biz 101 and More radio show at 8 o'clock on Wednesday nights. Bingo! If you want to learn more about the music and entertainment biz, tweet in a question and tune in every Wednesday night at 8 o'clock to Music, music Biz 101 and More on Brave New Radio. radio.